Ladies and gentlemen, before we begin today's show, we once again ask for your thoughts and prayers. Everyone here at NAI Ball, especially myself, Robbie Gutierrez, Cody Butler, and Connor Darnell, would like to offer our condolences and our prayers to the Pickle family on the passing of a great little boy. Neyland Pickle, unfortunately, passed away after a long battle with cancer. Neyland was nothing short of courageous in every single moment and in every single day and is this embodiment of what we say is NAI made, being tougher than the average and fighting each day with no fear and knowing that you're never out of the fight. Neyland inspired so many people that he never even got to meet and never got to meet him. On Wednesdays, we wear orange because of Neyland. He's somebody that meant so much to not just his area and his community, but to Tennessee Wesleyan baseball, past and present, and Billy Barry. And because of that, we want to offer our condolences to the Pickle family, to Billy Barry and his family, as well as to, to the family of Tennessee Wesleyan. We're thinking of you, we're praying for you, and we stand with you in remembering the life of Neil and Pickle. So please, pray for the Pickle family. Pray for Neilan. Pray for Tennessee Wesleyan and just pray for anybody that got to know him or was inspired by him and his journey. To honor Neelan, we will now take a moment of silence before we begin our show. And we are live. Welcome on in, ladies and gentlemen. Bienvenidos, senores y senores. This is the NAI Ball Podcast. It is season five, episode nine, and I'm your host, as always, for the last five seasons of this show. Robbie Gutierrez at RobG1063 on Twitter. Follow me there if you want to talk some baseball absolutely getting ready to kick that off we will be joined in just a moment by the foremost authority in nai baseball mr cody butler but we are excited here at the nai ball podcast to bring you season five episode nine but let's get into what we're going to talk about after we tell you about our sponsor the title sponsor of the nai ball podcast is off speed athletics and when it comes to building up the brand nobody does it better than our friends over at off speed athletics off-Speed Athletics can provide your program with high-quality sublimated uniforms and apparel for your youth, high school, and collegiate teams. That's right. Every single level, Off-Speed Athletics can help you for all of your uniform needs. BP tops, practice gear, in-game uniforms, anything that you need. Off-Speed Athletics. Anthony over at Off-Speed Athletics can help you and get everything that you need from the people who support the NAI Ball Podcast, that's off-speed athletics. So stop what you're doing right now. Do, do us this favor. If you don't want to do it for me, do it for Cody. Take a moment right now to visit their work. Check them out on their website. That's offspeedathletics.com. Once again, that's offspeedathletics.com. And then give them a follow on Twitter and Instagram if you haven't done so already, at offspeedath, at offspeedath. Support the people who support us. And that's Offspeed Athletics, the title sponsor 
of the NAI Ball Podcast. So with that, ladies and gentlemen, what will episode nine exactly bring you? Well, we're going to have shout outs and mentions like we always do. We're going to go over some of the best action in week review from last weekend. We've got 10 to Lewiston, series four of, of 10 to Lewiston. And then we've got our NAI ball hitter, pitcher, and team of the week. Games and series that you need to be watching from around the nation. Big series of the week and then quick picks. It'll be a quick week is what we always think. But here we go again as uh, Cody and I like to go on and just dive into a ton of information from the NAI baseball season. So with that, let's bring in the foremost authority on NAI baseball, Mr. Cody Butler. Cody, baby, what's going on? Rob G1063. I'm feeling like the foremost authority after last week. Going undefeated, a couple of weeks in a row, just running really well. Uh, That first week was horrible for all of us across the board. But your boy's on a streak right now, feeling like the foremost authority of NAI baseball. If you go like one for three this week and I go undefeated, I'm going to let you have it next week. But Cody, a couple things that that I want to hit on before we really jump into the show. Uh, less by the time this show comes out on Wednesday, less than a week away, or just about a week away from Major League Baseball opening day, and I am absolutely thrilled for it. It is something that I have had circled on the calendar since they announced that the season was coming back. Uh, you know me, I'm I'm a diehard with it. I I love Major League Baseball season, and uh, on the seventh, on that Thursday of April, I've already I'm already known. You know, eight o'clock, eight thirty eight. I'm sitting down, probably playing some MLB The Show. I don't get the Astros here on television, so uh, you know it's MLB The Show and listening to Robert Ford and Steve Sparks on you know on the radio calling Astros baseball, Verlander versus Otani. Man, I'm I'm pumped, and I'm sure you're pumped as well for the Braves. I am looking forward to that matchup. Erlander Otani, that is a big time matchup. And uh, yeah, that'll be a great way to start the season. Absolutely excited to see JV back in an Astros uniform once again, where hopefully he will retire as an Astro. And, you know, he's, he's done all his winning as an Astro. So now that I've upset everybody in Michigan, Cody, the other thing I wanted to talk about was our actual scheduling. There are two conferences off the top of my head that I can think of that we are going to have a really hard time covering this year because of when the podcast comes out, when we do record the podcast, this is our main focus. This is what we spend all day talking about. This is, you know, the moment that we finish recording the the podcast, there's about the 24 to 48 hour range where we don't think talk about the podcast. And then we do nothing after that, but talk about the podcast and start to prep for the next week. Uh, we have a regular call on the weekend between you and me about what we need for the podcast. This isn't a one-hour planning session and let's roll. This is hours of information and work that goes into getting a show sheet ready for the podcast. And there's two conferences that, in particular, we're going to have to just kind of – we I don't know what we're going to do, man, because of their, their actual scheduling. Like, for instance, we cannot have Clark – we cannot pay, pick a winner in our series, pick them between Clark and William Penn – because it's a Monday Tuesday series, uh, which is is very strange <laughs> for a conference series to be like that. But you know, it's going to get almost no coverage because our focus is the podcast. And then on top of that, we have to push a game in or pick them, and and we can't pick anybody from I want to say the crossroads anymore. And oh, because Taylor's the other one, we can't pick anybody from the crossroads, and we cannot pick anybody from the heart going forward for pick them. And then coverage just kind of makes makes things difficult. 
Yeah, and we have so many friends in the Crossroads. I don't know why we haven't reached out yet and asked why this is. But it does seem like this year they're doing Friday doubleheaders and Monday doubleheaders. They're doing four-game series in the Crossroads. And I don't know if it's just weather. It just happens to be like that every single Saturday and Sunday in your area. That has to be miserable. I mean, you work all week and then uh, rain on the weekends. I don't know if that's the case. I think it's way more likely it's scheduled that way. I think you just have Friday doubleheaders, Monday doubleheaders. And that is extremely tough because Monday is the day we do our show. I mean, this is the day we record. Typically, sometimes we'll push it to a Tuesday if life gets in the way. But it's very strange. It's I don't understand it. Like you said, I really just don't understand the conference series is getting pushed on Monday and Tuesday. Why you'd want to do that? I'm sure there is a reason for that. And hopefully, by the time we jump back on here next week, we can give people an answer. It, it is, and and I'm hoping that that this will urge some crossroads and HAAC coaches to reach out to us and tell them, tell us why they do schedule. There's plenty of conferences that that push because of weather. Uh, we were actually looking forward to a big whack uh, conference slate, and all of that got pushed. Yeah, there were supposed to be some big-time matchups in the WAC. And the WAC, unfortunately for the WAC, because of weather, they are usually out of sight, out of mind to begin the year. Like, begin the year just is what it is. Unless they come down to Florida, we're not seeing a lot of WAC teams play. And, yeah, we're supposed to see some of the best of the best this weekend. I mean, Northwestern, Ohio, Madonna, Concordia, and Arbor, Indiana Tech, they were all supposed to test themselves in conference play this weekend. But because of weather, we were able to miss out on that. And that's super unfortunate. I mean, that's pushing them into April without marquee games. Yeah, uh, we just hate to see that. It is. It is very tough to see. But, Cody, let's go ahead and keep rolling with the show, man, and let's get into our shout-outs and mentions as we kick the show off here, as we always do with some shout-outs and mentions. And first and foremost, we will give some congratulations that are due to two coaches. The first one being Morningside College head baseball coach Adam Bovey. Congratulations to you on your 100th career win. And congratulations as well to William Jessup University head baseball coach T. Payne, Trevor Payne, on his 100th career win as well. I want to give a shout-out to LC State's Charlie Updegrave, who set a program record with 10 RBIs in game number two, and he finished a perfect 5-for-5 five five at the plate with three home runs. America's team extends their winning streak to an NAI season high of 27 games. Antelope Valley left fielder Brian Gomez hit for the cycle in game number two of their series against Marymount, finished the weekend with two triples, seven RBIs in the Cal Pack series sweep. Lord's right fielder Brad Amons went six for six in a single game this week with four doubles and four RBIs in a win over Grace Christian. Milligan starting pitcher Andre Beal went eight innings pitch, one earned run, 13 punch outs in game number two of their conference sweep over Union. He's now struck out 73 batters, thrown out 73 chairs in 47 innings pitch. His teammate and first baseman, Brandon Spano, has hit 474 with six doubles and 10 RBIs this week. So shout out to those guys. Shout out to Point Park relief pitcher Leo Diaz, who went six and a third scoreless in relief in a 3-2, 12-inning win over number eight, Georgia Gwinnett. Starting pitcher Jonathan Pacheco threw eight shutout innings the next day to help the Pioneers sweep a two-game series over GGC. I want to give a shout-out to Mount Marty Miles Brown, who struck out 13 in a nine-inning complete game victory over Jamestown. Speaking of Jamestown, we also want to give a shout-out to outfielder Taylor Cullen, who finished the weekend with a double, three home runs, and eight RBIs. Mount Marty won the GPAC Series three games to one. I want to give a shout-out to Middle Georgia State first baseman Ryan Wilson, finished the week with a triple, three home runs, and 11 RBIs. The Knights finished the week unbeaten 
at 4-0. For the second consecutive weekend, Oklahoma Wesleyan starting pitcher Kellen Brothers went nine innings, one earned run, 13 punch-outs in a conference start. Brothers uh, helped lead Oklahoma Wesleyan to a 2-1 to series win as he diced up KWU. Ohio Christian starting pitcher Tanner Pop became the all-time winningest pitcher in program history with 14 victories this past weekend. He threw two hits shutout with 10 punch-outs in the conference win over Brescia. Let me give a shout-out to Missouri Baptist first baseman Carter Mize, who hit 588 with three bombs and 11 RBIs, two huge stolen bases, and a huge get-right weekend for MOBAP as they took the AMC series over Lyon two games to one. I want to give a shout out to Science and Arts Brock Henderson, who went eight for 11. That's 727 average with two home runs, six RBIs, and 10 runs scored. The Drovers swept Central Christian in the SAC series. And then, last but not least, a shout out to Mobile first baseman Samuel Plash, who had three home runs and helped the Rams to a two to one conference series win over Loyola. Cody, plenty of shout outs and mentions this week, and a lot going on. Yes, sir, man. I think what stood out to me the most was Missouri Baptist, a team that we picked to click in the beginning of the year, did not show it early, and then came back and really put it online in two games, beat them down 12 to 1, 11 to 1 victories. And this is a Lion team that's coming off a hot series win over Columbia. And this is a couple of weeks in a row now where we keep getting shifted. At least I can speak for myself and say I am getting shifted with I thought, okay, Columbia was going to be the best team in the conference. And then, all right, well, Lion took two or three. Maybe they're the best team in the conference. Now Missouri Baptist goes out there and beats them. I uh, really don't know. It's so up in the air. And I'm really looking forward to the AMC because I think there's three teams contending for that title now. Cody, I want to add one that by the time the show comes out, this this game will have happened. But I want to give a shout-out to Southeastern University, who is uh, after, you know, I don't think this game happened last year, but – they are going to play the Detroit Tigers uh, on Wednesday when the podcast releases. So I wanted to give a big shout out to SCU. I know that there's a couple of players that, you know, they could see uh, just depending really on, on who's still up on their major league roster, but I wouldn't be surprised if we saw some, maybe some potentially Casey Mize, maybe a Torkelson sighting, Riley Green, uh, Dingler, you know, there, there's quite a few players that that we could see from the Tigers organization out there. Former Astros manager AJ Hinch uh, will take on Adrian Dinkle, so you know it, it's definitely, definitely, definitely going to be something that that is going to be really interesting to see. Could see Ty Madden, uh, who's just moved huge into the uh, top ten for the Tigers system. Uh, I'm really excited to see what you know, Southeastern does because they always play hard in that game. Obviously, it's really tough to win that one against a major league organization. I mean, you're just seeing by far none. I mean, the best arms you're going to see all year. I mean, I know they've scored off of Casey Mize before and we've made a – it is a big deal about it but because it is a big deal. They've they've pushed the game into extras before. They've, you know, uh, taken the lead before. It's something that there's zero pressure. They can go out there, play their game, have fun. And, and be competitive because that's who they are. They're a competitive ball club, and they're a good ball club, and they're going to see some of the best arms. And, and really, they're going to come out of it better for, for it. I want to go ahead and give a shout-out to Southeastern on the big win today. No, I, don't, <laughs> I, don't know, I don't know that they're going to beat the Tigers. But 
they played a competitive game two years ago. Last time they played was in 2020, and that was a five to four walk off win for Detroit. Uh, Southeastern was in it neck and neck, like you said, went to extras. Shout out to Detroit for the win. Shout out to Southeastern for representing the NAI on such a great level, man. They're such a classy team led by really good coaches that we really respect, and they come and they play hard. I mean, I remember some of Christian Martin, who's now at Weber, coincidentally made some incredible plays in right field in that game. Ryan Garcia, <laughs> Faulkner, uh, made some really big strikeouts in that game. That was a memorable game. Like, I remember an exhibition from 2020 just, you know, just for the game alone. Uh, so it's a big-time moment. It's going to be huge for these kids. They didn't get to play it last year. They thought they weren't going to get to play it this year. So I am really glad they're getting it in. You know, the, the GM of the Tigers, to Al Avila. Would you happen to know where Al Avila is a graduate from? No. St. Thomas University in Miami Gardens, Florida. So, you know, there's there's a big NAI connection here uh, between the Tigers and Southeastern. So I'm, I'm really excited to to see this matchup happen and, and that these two teams get to play each other, man. So uh, really, really, really excited for that. Cody week in review. We'll kick things off in the sun conference, taking us or staying in the state of Florida. Kaiser don't know what to make of them this year, because when you think that, you know, they're on the back burner, here they come. They sweep Weber international. They're still in the top 25. And they are showing a case to move out of that, what are they, 25 spot and move right back into the top 20. A huge sweep over Weber International. Seven to five in game number one, three to two in game number two, and then seven one Seahawks in game number three for the sweep. A really impressive job by Kaiser. Came out there and pitched extremely well on the weekend. I mean, you held Weber to eight runs across three games. That's always going to get it done. Game one, Michael Cabiza in relief. Four innings pitch, no runs. Absolutely got a job there done. Nate Brodsky on the weekend, three doubles, five RBIs. But you look at the starts they got in game two and game three. Garrett Rise, seven innings pitch, one run, seven strikeouts. Danny Galvan, seven innings and two-thirds, two runs, nine strikeouts. I mean, you got starters going out there dicing folks up. They're going to get it done. Brandon McCabe, one of the best relievers in the NAI this season, picked up two saves, three innings pitch, no runs, five strikeouts. I think the story of the day was just the pitching. Uh, Weber pitched really well all year. They pitched pretty well this weekend. And uh, Kaiser was just pitching better. Pitched better, scored more runs. Uh, shout out to the Seahawks. Like you said, got swept last week by St. Thomas. Comes back, sweeps Weber. Did not see it coming. Big time performance by KU. Yeah, it really is a huge performance for Kaiser. And and it's one that, you know, this was a team that had been trending backwards uh, since the start of the season. They they were moving back further and further and further in the top 25 of the coaches poll and they possibly, you know, really not possibly they've really saved themselves there from, from falling out uh, a huge sweep and, and likely a big jump, at least five spots I would imagine coming for Kaiser. We'll stay in Florida. Once again, Cody Southeastern versus Warner. This was a game that I thought Warner or a series. I thought Warner would take maybe a game, but my goodness, it was all Southeastern from the word go. SEU sweeps Warner 14 to 5, 14-0, and 6-1. Yeah, the uh, Southeastern flexed their muscles this weekend. Uh, Warner actually, first couple of innings looked pretty solid. Warner went up five to four through two innings. Knox Gillespie, the Southeastern number two out of the game. We thought, okay, we might have something here. Uh, the fire brought in DJ Roberts in relief, four and a third scoreless in relief. 
really just shut the door and their offense went to work. And that's just talk about the depth Southeastern has to bring in a guy like DJ Roberts, who would be a starter on almost every team in the country. And he comes out here, really closes the door, and their offense got it going. 14 runs in game one, 14 runs in game two. Uh, game two wasn't much prettier. Southeastern had 10 to nothing after two innings. They were able to pull their ace, Rob Adams. They were able to pull him on 13 pitches. So he ended up picking up two wins this weekend. On Saturday, came back the next day, went eight innings. Eight innings, one run in his long start. Just really impressive. Can't say enough about Rob Adams. Third baseman, Brian Fuentes. He went seven for 10 this weekend. Had a double, a home run, and eight RBIs. Went off in game two of the series. Three for three, a double, a home run, and four RBIs. And then a couple of identical stat lines. Gary Laura and Isaac Nunez, they both went 7 for 13, three doubles, three RBIs apiece. Uh, Southeastern, man, I don't know what to say about them. When they're pitching really, really well, they're going to score runs every weekend. They look like the best team in the nation. They, I mean, just the model of consistency. There's there's really three or four teams in the nation that are just the models of consistency, and that's what you want to see from a team is, is no, you know, don't be streaky, be constant. You know, you're going to drop a game. It's baseball. It's going to happen. But these guys are are constantly really good, and they Warner went in there had to have gone in there feeling really good about their opportunities and chances. They went yeah. in there on a twenty game winning streak, and they just get put away by a thirty four to six margin. I mean, that's not you know Warner went in there sky's high. You can't do it any better. Twenty game winning streak. You're playing the number one team in the nation. You're feeling at your best, and uh, Southeastern just put them away. Yeah, they they really did. I mean, all credit to Southeastern, who was absolutely you know just fantastic uh did not give warner a chance they executed perfectly and and just really 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 got it done cody central methodist university took on baker and they split the series two to two on day number one it was all cmu in a 4-2 13-10 matchup in day number two it was all baker in a 5-4 12-11 final incredibly competitive hard conference series exactly what you want to see out of an ai baseball just the best of the best CMU trailed in game one, two to one in the sixth inning. They scored the final three runs, one four to two. In the next game, the Eagles led 10 to three in the fifth inning. Baker responded with a seven run inning, tied it up 10 to 10. CMU scored the final three runs, just like game one, one 13 to 10. Close day of baseball, CMU sweeps the Saturday. Bounce back Sunday, though, for Baker. Their ace, Hunter Goody, went six innings pitch, one earned, and outdueled a consensus All American and Nick Merkel. And then Nick Merkel only his second loss of his NAI career. Brian Hawkins hit a massive two-run home run, and yet game three ended up proving to be the difference. Baker won game three, five to four. In the series finale, CMU led seven to nothing and eleven to four in the fifth. But Baker, man, the Cardiac Cats. Remember it a couple of years ago in the Hard Tournament, in 2019, trailed seven nothing, eleven to four, but they rallied, tied the game late. Tucker Flory hit a game-tying home run in the seventh inning, and then two batters later, Peyton Lewis hits a walk-off home run. Baker sweeps the Sunday, and they split that series 2-2. Two to two. Can't tell you the last time Central Methodist dropped back-to-back games in the day in the conference. But I want to give a shout-out to Brian Hawkins. In six games, he went 9-for-22 this week with two doubles, four home runs, 11 RBIs. Hunter Goody went 11 innings, picked up wins over Central Methodist and William Penn this week. Baker's a team that's played a really tough schedule, and uh, they're a team to watch down the stretch. CMU, you know – is a team that, and I've I've said this before. They're they're a different ball club than they were last year. They're not coming out, uh, and they're not going to bang the ball as much around the yard as they did last season. Um, the pitching staff, I think, is still you know has some really good tendencies. Obviously, I think Nick Merkel, and the, and that's the thing, Cody, is that there are a lot of teams 
who have just a clear-cut ace, Merkel, clear-cut ace. I think Merkel can go toe-to-toe with anybody out there. But there are also other teams around the nation who who have a guy like that. Look at Mac U, Frenzy Lato, you know, and what he did to Oklahoma City in that potent offense. You know, there's a lot of teams with clear-cut aces out there. It's it's going to be the depth of the pitching staff as well as just the consistency of the of the pitching staff that gets teams further along in the postseason. Now, with Central Methodist, Merkel, dude, you know, it, it, it's are they going to continue to find that? Some weekends they look really good. Some weekends they, they stumble a little bit. They're, but they're not the same ball club as they were last year. And it's going to be really interesting to, to see what happens because uh, Central Methodist has – played some good ball clubs and has, you know, some good opportunities going forward, but it's definitely a a little bit of of an eyebrow raiser when they drop these games to Baker. Now here's the thing about Baker, Cody, is while they are 14 and 15 and, you know, even in conference play, they've only played three teams the whole season below 500. One of those teams is actually Missouri Baptist, who's not going to be below 500 much longer. Uh, And they do hold, you know, some good in-conference victories over, you know, Clark, uh, William Penn, a, a, beaten America, Nazarene, Tabor, uh, Concordia, Nebraska, Columbia. So they've definitely played a tough schedule. They have one of the toughest, tougher schedules in the nation, and and they've they've played well. I mean, they're they're right at that 500 mark. And at the end of the day, Cody, I mean, you get in that conference play, you're tra- you're jockeying for position, and then from there, it's it's just trying to to find a way into the dance. And I think uh, Baker is is not afraid to go into that conference tournament as as a seed that's uh, a little bit lower because they've you know history repeats itself sometimes but shout out to the heart tournament brother me and you love it the play it is game, they, now they didn't do that last year did they that is must see the play-in game for the for those of you who don't as long as they continue to do this conference this in this conference the play-in game in to just get a spot in the tournament is must see television i mean it is it is it's two teams on the field winner take all battling for their life and it is some of the best baseball you'll you'll see because every team knows what's at stake here it's like game seven of the world series like there's nowhere else to go there's nowhere else to go so uh shout out to the heart you know it is some some and especially during that postseason it is some of the best baseball that we get to watch all year man i'm sure you'd agree with that Absolutely. So I'm mean, shout out to Baker. And he said, just to wrap it up one time, you play a four game series against the defending national runner up and you put them four games and CMU outscored them 32 to 29. And that's how tight all those games were. Even on the sweep by Central Methodist, they were really tight games. Good conference series. One of the better matchups of the entire week. It really was. It really was. Cody Reinhardt took on Bluefield this weekend and Reinhardt sweeps Bluefield eight nothing eleven one and four to three. Dominant pitching from Reinhardt came out there and showed what they can do on the mound. They have two legit arms, like really good arms, and they held them in check this weekend. Held Bluefield to four runs over three games. I mean that's gonna win you every time. Outscored Bluefield twenty three to four. Pablo Barquero, nine innings pitch, no runs, no walks, nine strikeouts, CG shutout, absolutely efficient. He's 8-0 this season with a 2-4-5 ERA and 58 innings. That's a name to watch, Pablo Barquero. Ethan Foley, the next day, went out there, seven innings pitch, one run, three strikeouts. He has a 2-7-7 ERA and 55 innings. Jacob Prophet had a five-hit, four-RBI game in game two. And Tucker Zadunik, three multi-hit games, 
And in game three, they trailed three to two in the final inning, had a two RBI walk-off single by Tucker. Really impressive stuff by Reinhardt this weekend. If you look at Reinhardt's numbers, they're not playing as well as they should be. Things are just not adding up. This is a team that's hitting 300 as a team, and they have a sub-3 ERA, and they're still kind of struggling a little bit. They're still, like, not where they want to be. And I think that they have the potential to play a lot better. That is why I picked Reinhardt in this series. And Reinhardt's team right now, that Bluefield's the number two team in their conference. There's a team like St. Andrews is playing really well. And, yeah, there's going to be a step down after Tennessee Wesleyan. But I think Reinhardt could be that next team that can go in there and take a second bid from this league. Yeah, they, they definitely, 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 Reinhardt, I think, especially once we get into the postseason, that, that's a team with postseason experience uh, into the conference tournament time and all that. They're, they're definitely a team that's capable and eligible of taking that spot and, and taking a second bid. You know, it, it would not surprise me if Reinhardt did that. Cody, finally, our big series of the week from last weekend, Ottawa versus McPherson. McPherson takes a series over Ottawa two games to one. Game number one went 12-6 McPherson. Game number two went 11-3 Ottawa. And game number three went 4-3 McPherson. So game one was 12-6 McPherson. Game two, 11-3 Ottawa. And game number three, the deciding factor, was 4-3 McPherson. Second year in a row, this is our big series of the week, and it delivered, man. We had Connor out there. He had a really great time. He couldn't say great enough things about him. I know that they were super appreciative of Coach McKinnon and Coach Grinder were both appreciative to have us out there. want to give a big shout-out to them. And they delivered, man. It's just big-time fun baseball. Kansas baseball in the NAIA is just incredibly fun. I really love to watch it. Shout-out to their broadcast. They had our logo up on the screen the entire week. Just really shout-out to McPherson. They did a great job hosting. This series was separated by one run and run differential. Ottawa actually won the run differential 20 to 19, but McPherson won on the scoreboard where it counts two to one. Game one, three to three game in the sixth inning, seven to six game in the seventh inning before McPherson put it to bed with a five run inning. The Bulldogs won the opener 12 to six. Trevor Johnson and James Canner, the two All Americans, combined for five RBIs. Brock Selstrom picked up the win in relief for the Bulldogs. Game two, McPherson led three to two in the fifth, but Ottawa exploded with seven runs in the fifth and two more in the seventh. They scored the game's final nine runs. Nicholas Sizemore had three RBIs in the day. Holland Bone, an absolute dude, the KCAC player of the week. He homered, but star of the show was starting pitcher Tyler Bryant. He went CG victory, seven innings pitch, three earned, nine strikeouts. Check this out, Robbie. Tyler Bryant clocked up to 95 on the gun this weekend. Sleep on in the eye if you want to, boys. Tyler Bryant is a dude. Combine him with Stephen Morrell, and you see why Ottawa is one of the best teams in the nation. So this series came down to game three. You got McPherson winning game one, Ottawa winning game two. Sleep on it. Come back on Sunday. Let's find out who's going to be the best this weekend. McPherson led three to one throughout. They led three to one in the ninth inning behind an incredible start from Blake Maddock. Six innings pitch, one earned run on the day. He did his job, but Ottawa was able to get to the bullpen. Two runs. DeLeon hit an RBI single to tie it. We got a three to three game going into extras. But McPherson being the home team, loaded the bases, got a sack fly from Hunter Robinson, walked this thing off, and took the series 2-1. Second year in a row, McPherson won our big series of the week 2-1. Uh, Ottawa got some revenge in the KCAC tournament last year. I'm looking forward to seeing if they meet up again down the stretch. That's what I was exactly going to say. It is, you know, Ottawa got their revenge last season. It'll be very interesting to see what happens down the road if these two teams meet up in the conference tournament. It is something we are looking forward to. But you're, you're right. You know, after a, a first two games, which were kind of spread, 
that last game really, really delivered in this series, Cody? Absolutely, man. It's electric. Uh, that's what they say. They called it the electric factory on Twitter, and I could not agree more. That's Week in Review, and let's go ahead and get ready, Cody, for the fourth edition of 10 to Lewiston. It is my top 10 teams in the nation, my power ranking. And uh, let's, Cody, if you're ready, let's let's go ahead and get into it. I mean, there were about 14 or 15 teams. It was one of the larger consideration pools that we had for 10 to Lewiston this week. And it was something that I did not finalize uh, till right before the show started. I, I really went back and forth on, on where I thought people should be. And uh, you unfortunately had to bear the brunt of that process. Absolutely. So but you do so much homework, so much statistical diving into doing this that I actually like reading and hearing about all these teams. So let's get into it. Let's take a look at number 10 and, Remaining at number 10 from last week's poll is going to be Vanguard. They're 33-6. and six. They're hitting 341 as a team. They have a 409 uh, team ERA. They are, you know, somebody that is getting ready for probably their biggest series of the year, and that's HIU. And here's what I don't like about Vanguard is, you know, they've dropped Cody. I think they've only had one GSAC conference series where they've swept. Now I get it. They're playing they're playing four games. It is really hard to to win four games in a series, but they've dropped to all three of the bottom three teams in the GSAC conference, which are really when it comes down to it, they have not been competitive. They have not been any any sort of factor in this process of of who the top teams in the GSAC are. So because they've dropped those games, you know, I really went back and forth on who would be number 10 this week. Uh, Vanguard, I'm going to roll with them for now, but I mean, we're going to see them in hope play here in a little bit. And Cody, I think more than anything, you and I were, were joking around. It's just going to be like Westmont hope international. We're really not going to learn anything. They're going to go two and two. And these, these teams in these, in this conference just continue to cannibalize each other. Yeah, they do, man, especially at the top. And that's the most frustrating thing about these four game series is because we did say it off the air. We're really looking forward to Hope International and Vanguard this week, but they're probably going to 2-2 split, so we're not going to learn much. And that's really unfortunate for Hope, who's continuing to try to beat down the store and move up in the poll, because I know that we have them higher in your 10 to Lewiston than the right. AI has them in their coaches' poll. And uh, so we, we definitely agree. Me and you are all on the same page that Hope International is a top-12 team nationally, and so is Vanguard. To your point, like you said, Vanguard, for some reason, is dropping a game three of a series when they shouldn't dropping games to Menlo, San Diego, Christian this year. Just games that usually a top 10 team is not going to drop. But I'm really looking forward to seeing how they come out. Like you said, they swept Arizona Christian, though, took all four of them, and I'm looking forward to seeing how they do it. This is their biggest test since LC. This yep. is their big test, and I'm really looking forward to seeing what they do to Hope International. The next team that's in this poll at number nine is another team that's taken a slide, and that is Georgia Gwinnett, who's currently 22-8, and eight, hitting 325, and has a team ERA of, of 287 and somebody out there is going, all right, how in the world are they moving backwards? Well, the first two polls, Cody, they were pretty down pat at number four. Then they moved back to six. And then I want to say that they're five and five in their last 10. Uh, more importantly, Cody, Georgia Gwinnett is two and four overall against the top 25. You know, they're, they're a team that's got one of the higher bow chips in this ranking. Uh just GGC losing two tough ones. We're keeping them in because I, I still think when it when it comes outside of just numbers, when it comes to if this ball club could beat 
a majority of teams that would have replaced him in this poll? I would say yes as of this moment. But it, it definitely, you know, this is a team that's going backwards. Yeah, I think the biggest problem that I would have with Gwinnett right now, high in the poll, and I think they're where you slotted them in the coaches' poll is fine. You know, in that range, I think they're both, that's where they adequately probably should be. But they're two biggest weekends of the season, and they knew it all year. You we were playing for these two weekends. You had Tennessee Wesleyan and Faulkner last weekend. You lost both. And then you had Cumberland and Point Park, and you dropped two or three this weekend. Uh, they haven't had a winning weekend in a while. You went down to Weber. You split with them. So your toughest games of the season, you haven't had a winning weekend. And I think that's just fair to say. And I think it's fair to say this one. This is not last year's club. I mean, they're not as good as last year's team. I think that's pretty obvious at this point. Um, so they're going to have to find different ways to win. Offensively is where I really see the biggest step down. I mean, they don't – I mean, losing guys like Dullander and McKillican last year went out there and shoved and Lewis and it's going to hurt. But I think the problem with this team right now is I don't know if I trust their offense uh, to get it done when it counts. I'm not sure how this team is going to respond because the schedule is so bad. That's the problem with this – a lot of these teams in the top 10, honestly. And so it's not really just a Gwinnett problem. It's a top 10 NAI problem right now. But their schedule is really bad, and it's really bad the rest of the way. So we fully expect Gwinnett to start winning a lot of games again, but that's because their schedule has gone down. What we did not expect is Gwinnett to get out there, get shut out by Point Park, yeah. not score a run in seven innings against Point Park, and then lose both games to Faulkner and Tennessee Wesleyan. So here, here's who's, who Gwinnett has left, and it's going to be at Tennessee Southern. Uh, then that's for three games. Then in a midweek, they host Middle Georgia State. Then they host Florida National. Then they go to Tennessee Wesleyan. They're at Montreat, at uh, Fisher, which is going to be neutral-sided at Montreat. They play Middle Georgia in Cochrane, and then they're at home for three against Columbia International, one against Bruton Parker, and then uh, as well three against USCB and two against Fisher, Cody. And, I mean, it's just the, the scheduling. Obviously, Tennessee Wesleyan and the two against Middle Georgia are going to be the, the, the two biggest matchups that – or the three biggest matchups that we'll be watching there. Yeah, but those are just single midweek. Games. Yeah, those are like just single midweek. There are no those series. Are just, yeah, those series are left against a team that's seven and nineteen, three and twenty-three. I mean, three and twenty-three. Come on, man. Twelve and twenty-three. Yeah. Twenty and sixteen and seventeen and eighteen. There's one team that's over five hundred. They're twenty and sixteen. And I'll be honest, by the time they get to Lawrenceville, they may not even be five hundred. So, the schedule this year is absolutely brutal. It, it really, it really has been something, something to keep an eye on. Is has been, you know, GGC at twenty two and eight uh, with their schedule and in, in just two and four against the top twenty five this year, especially dropping two games to Point Park this weekend. Who, uh, you know, is is not having a year that they had last year either, or even the year before that. When you go back to twenty nineteen, Cody number eight is Central Methodist. They are twenty four and five. They're hitting three twenty eight as a team with a three oh eight team average or excuse me a 308 team era and then on top of that against the uh, top 25 they're not doing so well uh this season cody and and again i think this goes back to what we talked about earlier when we talked baker and cmu but this is not the same cmu team i think that they can go out there and compete with merkel on the mound uh they do have some younger arms in in the rotation uh that are going to get experience and be really good but this just isn't the same team uh, that we've seen, you know, last year. I mean, you look at last year's team, they had Schwellenbach, an All-American, a 14-game winner. 
and then you have Bo Atkins coming out of the pen, shutting the door, getting saves out in Lewiston. Now Bo Atkins is transitioning into a starter. You don't have him coming out of the pen anymore, and you see some lead slipping, and that's kind of the depth. That's where the issue lies. And I, like I said about Gwinnett, I don't think Central Methodist is as good as last year. I don't think it's a slouch to say that about those two teams. Gwinnett won the national title, and Central Methodist was the national runner-up. That is literally as good as it gets in the AI baseball. So I yeah. think it's pretty obvious that they're going to take a step back. And I think they did. We still have them both as top 10 teams. Like you said, Nick Merkel, I would pick him one-on-one against anyone. Watching what he did to LC State in Lewiston, I don't know anyone else in the country could have done that besides Antonio Frias, who did do it. But just a big-time pitcher, big-time moment. That's the guy you would like to have in Nick Merkel. It's absolute dog. They have a player uh, that we, Robbie Merced, we believe is probably going to be national player of the year if he keeps it up. So, yep. I mean, they have the pieces to go out there and make Lewiston again. Uh, but, like you said, dropping two games to Baker this weekend, their top 25 record's not the greatest so far. Uh, they have a lot of room left to play. Number seven is Westmont. They are 32-5 and five overall, Cody, and they are a team that has uh, really – Two and three against the top 25. They do have a top five boat chip uh, ranking. They're 22 and five at home. They're 10 and 0 on the road. Uh, this is a team that I think, you know, out on the West Coast started as an unranked, you know, team in this season and has made a big splash. They go two and two with HIU, which in, in a series that we really didn't learn too much. You felt that you were a little bit more impressed with HIU when that series happened. HIU, I mean, they're going to sit at number 11 in this poll. And with a, with another chance, you know, if they win the series against Vanguard, even if if when we watch that, we think that HIU, you and I, or I think that HIU, it's my poll, is the better of the sides, then then I'll I'll move them in. Uh, you know, that's the thing about keeping Vanguard at ten. But Westmont has quickly become the best team on the West Coast, and at thirty two and five, you know, they really had an opportunity to set themselves apart, drag some distance between them and vanguard and you know uh hope international and went two and two in that one so they're going to stay at, they're going to sit right now at seven in this power ranking yeah i mean i've been impressed with westmont all year i don't have anything bad to say about westmont i think they've continued to outperform our expectations coming into this year absolutely dropped it dropped a game one to ottawa arizona that we did not expect but i think they'll bounce back sweep san diego christian this weekend and uh they'll be rolling going into the final part of the season the number six team is St. Thomas University. They're 27 and six. They're hitting 317 as a team with a 373 team ERA. Cody, they are six and two. That is second most wins on this list against the top 25. And that is just the current top 25. Uh, they're top six team in bow chip. They've actually had a harder time in Miami Gardens than they have on the road. 10 and four in Miami Gardens, seven and oh on the road, 10 and two in neutral site games. This is a very talented St. Thomas University team. Uh, they're getting healthy. They're getting some arms back that have not thrown a lot this season. They have a really good test this week, just this week. So after the show comes out, they'll play D2, uh, Palm Beach Atlantic. They're going to take on Loyola. Loyola from New Orleans flying in. Then they're going to play D2 Lynn. Then they're going to play Southeastern University. Then they're going to take on a top team in Division Two as well in Nova Southeastern. And then welcome rival from just down the street in Florida Memorial. Then they play Kaiser again in a midweek. And then they take on Weber in Babson Park, Cody. They'll face Palm Beach Atlantic again, another D2 opponent, and then play Warner. That is the rest of their season, Cody. I mean, just an absolute freaking slaughterhouse. Yeah, they're going to take on PBA, Loyola, Lynn, SCU, Nova Southeastern, Flomo, 
Kaiser, Weber, PBA again, and Warner. I mean, it. you want to talk about just absolutely having faith and going all out and preparing your team for the run into the postseason. The way they challenge themselves against the D2 competition in the area is honestly so admirable. I mean, it's really – they've done it every year. And they literally every year, that's what they always do under George Perez. And it's impressive stuff. They go out there and they get some of these big-time wins. Snuck a win off Nova Southeastern on Super Bowl Sunday last year. Uh, came out here, picked up a nice win over Barry this year. Dropped a game against Lynn already, so I know they're looking to play them again. Uh, St. Thomas, to me, looks a part of a team that can get back to Lewiston. Didn't have the team they wanted last year, but national runner-up the year before that. So definitely expect big things from this program every year. Want to give a shout-out to Chris Koipel. Nine innings pitch, complete game shutout this week at USCB. Only gave up two hits. Gave up two hits in the third inning and retired 18 straight after that. Big-time performance from Chris Koipel. Yeah, that, that's a team that uh, has always been the bridesmaid, has never been the bride, Cody. They, they have been the national runner-up multiple times. I mean, George Pettis has to be just absolutely – nobody probably wants it other than the guys playing playing the actual game, but nobody wants to win a national title more than him. And, you know, it's, it's something that uh, they've been trying to do for a while. There are just multiple national runner-up appearances for that ball club so they are doing everything they can to get to lewiston and they know if they test themselves stay healthy you know they're going to give themselves a good opportunity because they've already seen plenty of adversity as well as high pressure intense situations uh in the regular season and it also helps that they play in one of the best conferences in the nation one of the best small college baseball conferences uh across multiple divisions cody our top five We'll begin now. These are five teams, and what separates these five, this five was easy. Six through ten was hard. This five, though, was extremely easy to figure out because these are the five most consistent teams in the nation. These are the five teams that have, you know, really, really done well. The number five team in 10 to Lewiston is Oklahoma City University. They're 25 and 3. They're hitting 352 as a team. They have a 405 ERA. They're four and two against the current top 25. They're number two in the bow chip, 17 and two at Jim Wade, eight and one on the road. And before you say, Robbie, they have a 405 team ERA, how can they be in your top five or how can they be one of the most solid teams in the nation? That offense is ridiculously dangerous. And then on top of that, their pitching staff has been the best it has been in a long time. And Cody and I, for the last two full seasons 2019 2021 even parts of 2020 have said if they can just keep some runs off the board this offense is going to produce it takes a really special arm to silence those bats we saw that once this weekend from Lado at Mac U but just really really special offense they've got some special arms Eli Davis is incredible uh, I think Cody that this is a team that's ready to make a trip back to Lewiston but really for the first time in a while be super competitive in Lewiston and make a stay. Absolutely agree. I mean, Tanner Schoenger, Eli Davis, Tanner Sparks, they're elite dudes on the mound. They got really big-time pitching. Eli Davis coming over from the University of Kansas has lived up to expectations. This is a guy that threw a no-hitter in the Big 12 last year and is pitching out the NAI level and cruising. Looking really good. He seems to be healthy, which I think is going to be big for that staff to make sure they stay healthy. But as long as those three stay healthy, man, their offense – Peyton Crispin, Cross Factor, Mo Barks. I mean, they are going to be absolutely insane offensively. You look, the thing that stands out to me with OCU, their run differential, I mean, they are absolutely just beating teams down. 
outscoring their competition 261 to 111. That is a just a beatdown. It took a special talent like Frenzy Lito, like you said at MacU, yeah. to hold them in check. And because they're pitching so well, Lito didn't even get the win and ended up going uh, to extras, and then they walked it off in extras. MacU did, but big time performance. Want to give Lito the shout out? Seven innings, two earned, ten strikeouts against a powerful club like Oklahoma City. But that's not the norm. That's not what OCU is going to see on a normal basis. And when they see other pitching besides guys like Lato all year long, they've crushed them. And I think they're going to continue to crush them. I agree with what you said. I think the top five is so sound this year. I think the top five. That doesn't mean that these top five teams are going to make Lewiston. It doesn't work like that. You look at Tennessee Wesley, and they were 52-2 and two and didn't make Lewiston. So, But I think right now at the, this point in the year, these top five are super sound. Cody, let's go over number four, and that is at 30-2. and two. LSU Shreveport hitting 347 with a 3.33 team ERA. They've scored 320 runs on the year, and they're currently 2-0 against the top 25. They are actually the number one team as far as Bochip is concerned. They're 16-1 in Shreveport, which is a hard place to play. 9-1 on the road, 5-0 in neutral site games. And here's what's coming up for LSUS. They are going to take on Wiley. Jarvis Christian, Texas College, and Huston Tillotson. So they are going to play, Cody, the teams in their conference that are at the bottom. They've already played most of the hard teams. They're going to play the four last-place teams in their conference. Uh, HT is the closest of those to the eight spot. They're currently in the nine position in trying to qualify. Eight teams make this conference tournament. LSU Shreveport has a two-game lead over LSU Alexandria, who plays an interesting one with Our Lady of the Lake this weekend. I mean, LSUS is really prime here to take this bid uh, from the regular season for the Red River Athletic Conference. They are just really solid ball club and playing some good baseball. I mean, they are on the second longest winning streak in the nation right now. They've won 19 in a row. They dropped a conference game to Texarkana. They dropped a midweek to Kokomo and a doubleheader they split. Other than that, they won 30. I mean, they're 30-2. and two. They're absolutely incredible. Their run differential is just disgusting. They're outscoring teams 320 to 106. Kevin Miranda, their ace, 93 strikeouts, three walks this year. 93 to three, y'all. That is ridiculous. He has been insane. Uh, he's 8-0 on the year. Bobby Bath is 8-0 on the year. Their front line two starters have been incredible. Offensively, they find ways to score runs. This is a really good ball club. This is a ball club that we've talked about before on this show. Last year kind of snuck their way into Lewiston, got a three-seed yep. out in Williamsburg, got a three-seed, won that regional. I believe they were the nine-seed out there. He had nine-seed out in Lewiston. And, you know, won a game. You're able to win a game, go out there and come back this year. This is the team this year that's going to compete for a national title. I mean, they are 30-2. and two. They don't look like they're going to slow down. Like you said, they don't have the best stretch coming up, so they're going to go out there and just win the remaining of their games. And they're going to get a high seed in this national tournament. Yeah, I, I 100% agree with that sentiment. I, I think that they are about to go on a big run. Uh, they're going to have some interesting midweek matchups that that could pose a little bit of a threat there. Uh, but as far as the conference is concerned, I think it's it's really just something that if they stay focused, it's clear for them that that they hold their own destiny and, and can really punch their ticket to where you don't have to worry about uh, – what seed or where you're going to be, or are there enough at large bids again to anybody out there who it thinks, you know, whether you're a GSAC team, anybody in a one bid conference, you have to want the LSUSs to get those bids 
because if they have to take an at-large bid, that pool shrinks. It's right now at 15, and it will shrink. And it would not surprise me if we go down to 13 or 12 and and things really get tough. There, there's Sometimes there are top 25 teams, Cody, that do not make the national tournament because of just Baker just goes on an incredible run. So it's definitely going to be something interesting to watch. LSUS, though, I think, you know, smooth sailing here in the next couple of weeks as far as conference play is concerned. They keep their eyes on what's important. Good things will happen. The number three team in the nation, Cody, is America's team. Lewis Clark State College is 33-1. and one. They are hitting 345 with a 291 team ERA. They've scored 352 runs this year. They're 4-0 against the current top 25. Seventh overall in Bochip. 21-0 at Harris Field. 12-1 on the road. And, Cody, I do not see after this weekend, because Corbin played them tough the first time, too much for them going forward. They will take on Eastern Oregon after Corbin, College of Idaho, and Oregon Tech, as well as Bushnell. No midweeks remaining for LC State. It is a very interesting possibility that we could see a one-loss team going into the postseason from Lewis-Clark State. Which would be absolutely incredible. You just you, It's hard to expect that to happen because teams always find a way to lose games they shouldn't. But, man, LC, this team right now, they look – I mean, they have a 27-game winning streak. That's the best in the nation. That's the best in AI all season. But they almost lost on Saturday. Eight to three, they trailed in the bottom of the ninth, Robbie, and they put up a six spot. Eight to three, they trailed in the bottom of the ninth, put up a six spot, one nine to eight. This team's finding a way to win. Uh, this team looks really, really good. LC, they look incredible. I mean, they're outscoring – their competition just the way they should. Uh, granted, we harp on them every week with GGC too. LC has a very bad schedule. They play the California trip. Those teams are very good. And then they play their schedule that's not very good at all. But they're doing exactly what you're supposed to do to bad teams. They are clubbing them. I mean, they're out there clubbing them. That's all they can do. And granted, there's not much they can do because of where they're located. It's the Fisher argument. I completely understand it. The outscore their competition, 352 to 108. That's national championship caliber stuff. We said at the beginning of the year that we thought this is a team that could win a national title, and they look like it. They're 33-1. and one. Like you said, if they play a full 55-game schedule, we probably pick them to finish 54-1. and one. Uh, They're going to go into the national tournament as a top-three seed. They're going to have that Friday night game. Lewiston's going to be rocking. I can't wait. It, it will be interesting. And, and going over that game that you said, Co- Cody, I mean, that was their – the first time they put up that many runs in the ninth inning since 1999 uh, – when they, I want to say they took on Albertson in that game. Uh, that is courtesy of our friends over at KOZ uh, Sports Radio Station there in Lewiston, Idaho, who uh, were going over that as I was tuning in. You know, me, Cody, I'm, I'm traveling quite a bit on the weekends, uh, you know, for work mainly. And as I'm on the road, I'm usually tuned into an LC ball game if, if they've got one going on. And I was tuned in this weekend on Saturday, listening to LC as I was on the highway. And uh, it, it was definitely something that was interesting to learn about, interesting to hear. Uh, UBC scored some runs on on them, but LC was able to manage their offense, able to come through and and make things happen. Uh, I want to say that was the 19 to six game on uh, Sat- Saturday. Yeah, it was the 19 to six win for LC. At one point, they were down six to three in that game and came back and just put up 16 unanswered. So, you know, they're, they're really good against the cascade. It'll be interesting to see how they fare at the end of the year, but this is a team with a lot of experience and high leverage, high pressure situations, especially on the pitching staff. 
So I, I really think that they've got good things ahead of them the rest of the season. Number two, Cody is 32 and two. And I know somebody out there is going to say, well, hold on. LCSC is 33 and one in the same amount of games. Well, Tennessee Wesleyan is the number two team at 32 and two. They're hitting 355 with a three even team ERA. They scored 338 runs. What separates them is they've won the most games against the current top 25 on this list. They have seven wins against the current top 25 on this list. That's most out of anybody. Second would be St. Thomas. They're currently number three in the boat ship. They're 14 and 0 at home, 14 and 0 on the road. Their two losses have been neutral site matchups. Tennessee Wesleyan Cody is special as always. They've got that experienced pitching staff. They've got seven new bats in the lineup mixed in with two bats who hit for 42 home runs last year, and they've gotten the job done. They've got some interesting games the rest of the way on their schedule. They still have to play St. Andrews. They still have to play Reinhardt. They still have to play Point. They get Bluefield here in less than a week. Uh, you know, it, it's going to be really interesting to see, but they have delivered. Their two losses have been St. Thomas as well as they dropped a game to Faulkner. So a really good season from Billy Berry and the boys. Yes, sir. And they looked apart. Like you said, they have All-American pitchers. They have All-American hitters. LeVon Reynoso, third baseman, 16 home runs. has been incredible. Carson Ford in the outfield, Zach Hoyason, uh, Kobe Foster, Chris Coyman. You go on and on and on. Their pitchers are so good. Since he wasn't, they're going to finish as probably the two seed and head in the national tournament as a two seed. I would, I would really believe that as well, and and that brings us to number one. And and if you know, top four really didn't move. Top five really didn't move. Southeastern University is number one. They're thirty-two and one, three sixty-nine team average, two point four team ERA, three hundred forty-eight runs scored, one hundred forty-two extra base hits, three hundred and ninety-five punchouts. That's actually most on this list. They're four and zero against the current top twenty-five. Fourth in Bochip, twenty-four and one in the friendly confines of Lakeland, five and zero on the road, three and zero in neutral site matchups. And here's the the best part, Cody, is they've played a a pretty interesting schedule so far. They've been super consistent with it. They're going to play the Tigers on Wednesday. Then they're going to play Weber International, St. Thomas, and Kaiser to really uh, three straight weeks uh, in the Sun Conference, America's toughest conference at this level. That's going to really be interesting. And if they can come out of those with sweeps or even with series wins, I mean, I don't see them moving uh, too far in this poll. I, I, I really can see the top three being interchangeable with itself there, but but that's about it. I mean, Southeastern, I think, is a clear-cut number one team in the nation right now. I agree with that 100%. And I think a series loss to one of those teams you mentioned doesn't change that for me. I think they've been the best team in the nation so far to date. I think they have the best pitcher in the nation in Rob Adams. I think you can argue they have one of the best hitters in the nation in Gary Laura. You look at what guys like Ryan Fuentes is doing in their lineup. Isaac Nunez is starting to catch fire. Uh, I think they have probably the deepest talented team in the country. I mean, them with LC State, Tennessee Wesleyan, interchangeable on who has the most talented team in the nation. You just said those teams can be interchangeable. And I do because I think their records are all going to be right around each other. I think LC is going to have the prettiest record because they have the easiest schedule. But I think Tennessee Wesleyan and Southeastern – they do. Both right now deserve to be one and two. And uh, Southeastern looks the part, man. They look the part of a national championship team. We talked about it last year. Last year, they went to Lewiston without pitching depth. They were hurt. They had guys out, not playing. This year, they got everyone locked and ready to roll. Uh, as long as they stay healthy, they go into it being able to pitch. Because that's the thing. It doesn't matter who you play in Lewiston. At that part in the summer, it, it, the balls are going to fly. So everyone's going to hit. Everyone's going to hit. you got to be able to pitch. you got to be able to have relief pitchers like D.J. Roberts that come in it's the second time in as many weeks now we've seen DJ Roberts come in in an emergency situation and get the job done. 
that's going to be huge for the Lewiston. That's going to be big for them. And they have so many quality arms that can do that. That's what separates them and everyone else is they have the quality arms to come in and get outs when they need to. And, uh, yeah, Southeastern to me looks part of a number one team. So one more time for fun, Cody. The number 10 team is Vanguard. Number nine is GGC. Number eight, Central Methodist. Number seven, Westmont. Six, St. Thomas. Five, Oklahoma City. Four, LSU Shreveport. Three, LCSC. Two, Tennessee Wesleyan. And one is Southeastern. That is my fourth edition of 10 to Lewiston. Cody, let's keep things rolling here with our NAI Ball hitter, pitcher, and team of the month. But first, I want to tell you about the newest sponsor of the NAI Ball podcast, Player of Week Awards. It is Pitch Pro. Pitch Pro from Aeroform Athletic is the leading provider of portable mounds for both USSA baseball and Major League Baseball. Designed for both indoor and outdoor use, Pitch Pro portable mounds are built for easy storage. They come with a 10-year warranty, and they aren't made with cheap foams or plastics, you know, that – They don't move. They're lightweight. So do us a favor. Go ahead and check them out right now online at www.aeroformathletics.com or on Instagram at aeroform underscore athletics. This is Pitch Pro from Aeroform Athletics, the newest partner of the NAI Ball Podcast Player of the Week Awards. Pitch Pro is a platform provider for the MLB Home Run Derby that we watch every year. So give them a follow, support the people who support us. Pitch Pro, it's your home for your next portable mound. Cody, our hitter of the week from Lewis Clark State College, America's team, is Luke White, who went 9 for 15 with 14 RBIs, two doubles, and then four home runs in four consecutive at-bats. He hit two home runs in the same inning. I think that's what impressed me more than anything. Two home runs in the same inning. He's the first guy to do that for LC since their current head coach, Jake Taylor, did it back in 1993. Shout out to LC Baseball for that stat. I thought that was a really cool stat. Uh, Luke White got it done. These guys have been getting it done now for them for two years. Big time bad. He had some big moments in Lewiston last year. He put together a really impressive week. Four home runs, 14 driven in. That's going to get it done every time in a weekend series. Our NAI ball. Pitcher of the week is from Dort. Jungju Kim went 11 innings pitch, three hits, no earned, 21 punch outs for Dort. What an, what an absolute performance. My guy was just begging for some run support, but he was out there getting <laughs> it done. 11 innings pitch, only allowed three hits in 11 innings, striking out 21. My goodness, man. That's got to be an NAI season high. Unfortunately, we don't have tax hats anymore, so we can't Preston confirm that. Preston doesn't do that for us. Yeah, sorry about that, fellas. But he did strike out 21, absolutely sensational. And to do it on 138 pitches, we had a Karen over there arguing about too many pitches. But I like that's not what I came away putting that out there. I came away 138 pitches in 11 innings. That is incredible. That is efficient. That is pepper in the zone. What did you say? Uh, it was just over 12? Yeah, just over 12 in an inning, and he had 98 of those for strikes. 98 of 138 for strikes. My dude, he was getting it done. That is special performance. I'm willing to bet you he would have gone 12. Uh, we don't know, but I, I feel pretty confident he was going to go 12 if needed. But he got the done, got the win, handled it himself. What an impressive performance. So congratulations to Luke White and to Jungju Kim on being our hitter and pitcher of the week, respectively. Cody, our team of the week went six and zero this week, all in conference. They're sixteen and four overall. It is none other than the Fighting Bees of St. Ambrose. 
Shout out to St. Ambrose. 16-4, like you said, they're playing really well this year. This is a team that's 7-1 and one in the conference play. They want to win a CCAC title. You win that regular season in the CCAC, you're going to the national tournament. This is a team competing for it. They're going to be fighting with the Olivet Nazarene and the St. Xavier's of the world. And, uh, yeah, I think they're really impressive, really deserving 6-0 week. Did it all against conference teams. Got the job done. Congratulations to St. Ambrose on, on being our team of the week. Cody, weekend games and series that you need to be watching featuring games that series that uh, we will be able to cover <laughs> in most of these conferences. But St. Andrews takes on Columbia International, Southeastern versus Weber. We will see Loyola travel to Miami Gardens to take on St. Thomas. Indiana Tech versus Cornerstone, William Carey against Middle Georgia. Bluefield, Tennessee Wesleyan, Freed Hardeman versus Cumberland. Tabor versus Oklahoma Wesleyan. LSUA versus Our Lady of the Lake. Mount Marty takes on Morningside. Hope International and Vanguard. Kansas Wesleyan versus Ottawa and LCSC versus Corbin. Those are some really good games and series to watch. And I think uh, the one biggest groan we can hear is from California. You can't believe HIU Vanguard's not the big series of the week, Cody. That's going to be something interesting that uh, we'll be going over here in a moment. 100% agree. It was considered, heavily considered, if we had a runner-up for big series of the week, we definitely would have taken the cake. Uh, but that's the one I'm looking forward to the most out of this group of games. Uh, Hope International, Vanguard. Once again, Hope International has an opportunity to go out there and win a series. The fear that we and you both have is they're going to go push 2-2. Two to two. It's very possible, especially with these teams being so good. But uh, I'm really looking forward to watching this one and seeing who's the best. Because in a couple of weeks, Vanguard has another huge series coming up with Lesmont. Yeah, that, that'll definitely be something to, to keep an eye on. But that brings us to our big series of the week brought to you by Off-Speed Athletics. And the big series of the week, Cody, Concordia, Nebraska, and Midland. Concordia, Nebraska is 18-7-1. Midland is 18-5. Concordia, Nebraska is 7-1 in conference play. Midland 5-3. Let's take a look at these teams for Concordia. They're hitting 340 as a team. They have a 456 team ERA. Jaden Adams is hitting 402 with 37 hits, 33 runs, seven doubles, nine home runs, 33 RBIs, and then Alex Johnson on the mound getting it done for the dogs at 21 and a third innings pitch. They really haven't extended him very much this year. I don't think he's gone over five, maybe six innings. Interested to see as the season goes on if they extend him out a little bit more, but he's 21 and a third innings pitch, 3-0 record, three earned runs, 26 punch outs. It's a 10.97. K per nine for a one two seven ERA for Midland. They're eighteen and five, like I said, five and three in conference. They're trying to keep, you know, uh, pace here in this big race in the G Pack. Three oh five team average, four ninety team ERA. Chase Reynolds is hitting three eighty six with thirty two hits, ten doubles, two home runs, and twenty seven RBIs. And then Jay Lambert has thirty two innings pitch. He's two and two, but has three complete games, three nine four ERA, thirty seven punch outs. That's good enough for a 10.41 K per nine. Cody, this is a major matchup in the G-Pack. Doan currently in first place, but these two teams trying to stay hold. And again, like we've said many times for other conferences, battle for position. Absolutely agree. Now Midland leads the series where Concordia all-time 21 to 16. Midland swept the series in 2018, but it's been Concordia of late. They've won six of the last eight, including three to one series wins in both 2019 and 2021. Concordia is a team coming off a Lewiston trip last year. They swept the GPAC title in both. They did share the regular season for what it's worth, even though they won the series. 
this feels like a really big one for Midland. They, they're coming off a weekend split with Morningside. They won the first two games, dropped both games yesterday, decided to stick with Midland. Big-time matchup for them. Dome's sitting pretty. Dome's on a big winning streak right now. Dome's the team that shared the conference title last season in the regular season. Dome Concordia, that seems like a no-brainer one and two. If Midland wants to get into the play, they got to get it done this weekend. 100% true. I think this is going to be a big matchup in the G-Pack. For Midland, you know, uh, three of your five losses have come in conference play. They're, they're trying to turn that around. they got a big opportunity to put themselves ahead of uh, Concordia in a lot of ways in this matchup. It, it's going to be really interesting to watch, and it's one that I'm definitely excited about, and that's why it is our big series of the week brought to you by Off Speed Athletics. Cody, last but not least, it is Quick Picks, where we will go through the six series, including our big series of the week that we have selected. Last week, we already heard you at the beginning of the show. You went 4-0, you know, foremost authority on NAI baseball, blah, blah, blah. Uh, Connor went 3-1. and one. I went 2-2. Two and two. We're just going to shake off last week and, and kind of ignore it. Uh, overall, I'm 11-8. Connor, 12-7. and seven. You are 13-6. and six. Two series, though, did not get counted, uh, one of which I probably would have won, in, you know, just based off of game number one with, with Clark winning, you know, uh, which is still going on as we are. Oh, but we can't so. count that one, but so unfortunately. Cannot, you know, uh, unfortunately. Neither can we count Taylor, which uh, both you and I had Taylor. You know, it, it just – Again, weird timing to do conference series there. But anyway, that's where we are so far in the year. We're going to kick it off here, Cody. Vanguard versus HIU. Connor and I are both taking Vanguard. Who do you want? I'm taking Hope International, just trying to gain a game on you. Like I told you earlier, I think (laughs) it's going to be a 2-2 split. I do too. I think we're going to end up having to push that one as well. We have pushed every single series, so uh, or at least one series uh, in every single week we've done this. Oklahoma Wesleyan versus Tabor. Connor is going with Oklahoma Wesleyan. Uh, I picked Tabor as the as a team to get an automatic bid out of that conference earlier in the year. I'm going to roll with Tabor. Give me Tabor, but man, this is going to be a really good series, a really tough series. Kellen Brothers has been absolute dog. Oklahoma Wesleyan lately. He's been elite on the mound. Tabor's offensive numbers, check him out if you haven't seen him. Tabor offensively has been insane. So give me Tabor, slight edge, two-to-one series win. Yeah, that's what I was thinking also. I, I don't see a sweep in Tabor's future in that series. I'm, I'm going to go ahead and, and say it, it would have to be two-to-one. Uh, two LSU Alexandria versus Our Lady Lake. Cody, OLLU is hot right now. LSUA currently in second place, two games behind LSU Shreveport, who's got one of the easier portions of their schedule coming up. LSUA is going to have to keep up with them if they want to uh, stay in that conference regular season title race. But Our Lady of Lake, one of the longer winning streaks in the nation. Connor's going LSUA for the Generals. I'm going for the Saints uh, here. I'm, I'm going to pick the Saints of Our Lady of the Lake. Who are you going to take? Yeah, I'm going to take Our Lady of the Lake. Both teams coming in on conference sweeps. Our Lady of the Lake, like you said, eight game winners in a row. Give me Our Lady of the Lake to win a tough competitive conference matchup. It is in San Antonio, which uh, if the wind happens to be blowing straight in, it'll make offense very difficult. Freed Hardeman takes on Cumberland. Cumberland's been on a roll lately. Freed Hardeman uh, is a team that has, uh, you know, has us scratching our heads some weekends because they're either losing to teams we didn't expect them to lose to or beating teams we didn't expect them to beat. But 
Connor is going to roll with Cumberland's. I'm taking Freed Hardeman. I have a feeling you're going to take Freed Hardeman. Yes, sir. Give me Freed Hardeman in a really close competitive series. Cumberland has played extremely well. They've won eight in a row. Freed Hardeman, they've played really well coming off back-to-back sweeps. They're pitching extremely well. Give me the Lions in a great matchup. Here's another uh, head-scratcher here, Cody. A a total toss-up. Oklahoma Panhandle State and Central Christian will battle it out in the Sooner Athletic Conference. Uh, I like this one because it, it's really their two teams separated by one game in conference. It can go either way. Connor's going to take Panhandle State. Uh, Central Christian has a couple of kids from deep south Texas. I, I got to respect to them. I'm going to take Central Christian. Who are you going to roll with in this one? Well, for one, I'm a big fan of Sean Julie over at Panhandle State love, and Stephen McNett. Love Stephen McNett, too, at yeah. Central Christian. Big fans of both of them. They both huge supporters of NAI ball. Yes. I'm going to go with Panhandle State. Give me the Aggies. They tested themselves out in Arizona earlier this year, picked up a huge win over the Masters. I think that's going to pay dividends. Give me Panhandle State to win the series. I think Panhandle State has like their own meat uh, lab department, and and they've got – he told me if, if we went to a game out there uh, in no man's land uh, that, that we would get steak. And and to me, that, that sounds like a pretty good deal well, maybe. If you would have told me that, we would have been out there. Big series <laughs> he told the wrong person on this podcast, <laughs> clearly. So you promised me no tornadoes and steak. I am so in, dude. Something for to keep in mind going forward. And then finally, Cody, the big series of the week, Concordia, Nebraska versus Midland. Connor took Concordia, Nebraska. I take Concordia, Nebraska. Who are you going to take? I'm taking Concordia, Nebraska. I uh, picked them the number one team in the conference all year, not wavering from it now. I think this is a team that's going to get back to a national tournament. And excited to see what they do in an opening round. I think Midland's played really well, though, and that's why they're a big series of the week. And I think this is a huge opportunity for Midland. Huge opportunity for Midland. Because if you drop these games, you're already a couple of games out. You go out there and you lose three or four. Uh, it's going to be tough to get back in that race in the regular season. So I think this is a big opportunity. Midland's played well. Midland went to Arizona. They tested themselves. They had some big wins. And they got on our radar with that. And let's be honest, without that performance in Arizona, they probably wouldn't be on our radar right now. And they got it done. They played well. And I'm looking forward to see what they can do against the reigning GPAC champs. It will be very interesting to see what happens against not just the reigning GPAC champs, but a team who went to Lewiston last season that returns a large majority of their offense from last season as well. Cody, that will do it for us this week as we get closer and closer to the start of the major league baseball season as we get further and further along into the nai season we are getting closer and closer to basically we're already at the midway point at this point in time there's just one month left of the regular season and then we get into the conference tournament play any final thoughts before we go glad to be back in the thick of things doing shows every week uh, we started our streak back up like three straight weeks now after we have like a two-year running streak of not canceling podcasts. Uh, so it feels good to be doing them on Monday again. I don't know if you can say the same, but we had a rough stretch of doing them on Tuesdays for a minute, <laughs> yeah. making the turnaround time really tough. But, uh, yeah, I'm just looking forward to this weekend, man. We've got Vanguard Hope, Concordia Midland, some really big-time matchups. I'm looking forward to seeing how everyone does. Absolutely, man. I'm I'm definitely looking forward to it. And, and you know, it's it's going to be a good big series of the week to watch. There's there's going to be a lot of good baseball this weekend. It feels like every weekend we've got one really good weekend and then one weekend where we're kind of like, ah, I don't really know about this one. This is that one really good weekend that we're looking at where there's a ton of 
interesting matchups, conference races, games that mean that have meaning behind them um, that are going to be good battles to keep an eye on. So, Cody, that'll do it for us, for all of us here at NAI Ball. We thank you for listening. As always, you can get a hold of me, Rob Gutierrez, is the host of the NAI Ball podcast, at RobG1063 on Twitter. You can get a hold of Cody or Connor or myself on the NAI Ball page as well. That's at NAI Ball on Twitter and at NAI Ball on Instagram for all of your new stat scores and information that you might need from around the nation. Nobody, and I mean nobody, covers NAI baseball better than us, and nobody covers small college baseball better than us here at the NAI Ball Podcast. So we are constantly looking for ways to improve and we're definitely excited to keep the season rolling and as cody said to start a new streak so that'll do it for us this week on behalf of connor on behalf of cody butler and myself we thank you for listening we hope you have a great day and even better tomorrow we'll talk to you again next week and we'll see you soon